It's time for the business news now, and Kim Moody, our business reporter, is with me. Tēnākwe, Kim. Infratil has made a significant digital investment. Kia ora Charlotte, yes, utilities investor Infratil is to take an 80% stake in a Hong Kong-based business, Console Connect, for close to $260 million. It's buying the stake from Hong Kong Telecom, and together the two companies will invest another $475 million to expand Console's software products and undersea cables. Console offers a digital platform to allow businesses to connect to other digital Digital assets such as cloud-based data centres. Infratil's chief executive Jason Boys says the investment is what they've been looking for, and to and will expand its own considerable portfolio of data centres and other digital businesses. There are only a handful of pure play providers of services like the ones Console Connect provides. The software that it uses is difficult to replicate. Console Connect has been developing theirs for many years. <clears throat> But unlike other pure play providers of those services, Console Connect is integrated with that global fiber and mobile network that I mentioned earlier, giving it superior access to parts of the globe and, uh, once the business is stood up, that stable traditional enterprise and wholesale uh, revenues that I mentioned before. A key feature of this business is the opportunity to create an ecosystem for our customers by continuing to develop Console Connect software to provide and provide access to multiple services to them. And this should make uh, it hard for our competitors to draw our customers away and make the overall business uh, more defensive, which is what you should expect from Infratil generally as well. Uh, We can also build new cables, subsea cables, to support our growth at attractive incremental returns. Jason Boyce says it will take another 12 months to get the deal approved by various authorities. He says for the next couple of years, Console won't add to Infratil's earnings, but from 2025 onwards, it's estimated it will earn 40 to 50 million US dollars a year. The financial buffer for households from strong employment and growing disposable income isn't likely to cushion the effects of rising mortgage payments. The Reserve Bank estimates household mortgage bills will rise to more than 20% by the end of the year as the official cash rate hikes kick in. Westpac senior economist Satish Ranshad says the strong labour market has helped lift household incomes by about 6% in the past year. That's still below inflation, however, while spending levels have risen nearly 9%. However, he says a greater chunk of that spending will now go towards mortgage repayments, with about half of all mortgages rolling onto higher interest rates this year. We have seen that income growth has actually been pretty solid through the last couple of years. We've had a tight labour market and wages have been growing at a pretty robust pace. So that's given households quite a buffer from that increase in interest costs and higher living costs. However, we still think that there is going to be a bit of a squeeze coming, especially for those households on lower incomes. They're looking at big increases in the prices of necessities and many of them wouldn't have seen their wages keeping up with inflation. Satish Ranshad says borrowers who purchased an average-priced home with an 80% mortgage two years ago may now have to pay another $900 in monthly mortgage payments. In Auckland, that rise could be closer to $1,600 a month. 
Demand for top-quality central city office space is helping to drive growth in rents. Commercial property developer and manager Precinct has seen no drop-off in demand for office space. That's despite a slowing economy and more staff working from home. Chief Executive Scott Pritchard says the company has maintained a high tenancy rate and long tenancies in its buildings, and companies continue to have an appetite for premium space. He says that's underpinning rents. Our portfolio is um, almost fully occupied, um, both in, in Auckland and Wellington. Uh, any space that becomes available tends to be well bid for, and there's um, there's more than one occupier that's quite keen to move into our portfolio because it's all high quality space, and that demand is leading uh, or putting us into a position where we can seek higher rents. So uh, there's been no uh, reduction in demand to date, and so we're comforted by that. But we're also interested to see how the next six to twelve months plays out. Precinct has a portfolio of central city office and retail properties in Auckland and Wellington with about $3.2 billion. The firm's rated as one of the top three listed property stocks by the Broking House Forsyth Bar. The Court of Appeal is hearing a bid by ASB to throw out a class action brought by a group of customers for alleged breaches of credit and consumer finance laws. The group is claiming that ASB did not make disclosures, as required by the law, on changes to personal and home loans between June 2015 and June 2019. The group says ASB should not be allowed to keep any interest or fees on the relevant loans during that period. The suit would include any relevant ASB customer during that period unless they had specifically opted out. Now, in a statement to stock exchanges on both sides of the Tasman, ASB says this could involve hundreds of thousands of loans, even though there is no judgment yet on the, sub- on the substance of the claims. It's appealing a high court decision to let the class action proceed, says it will vigorously defend the main allegations. Well, as New Zealand looks to attract high net worth migrants to invest and settle in the country, a new report suggests a looming exodus of millionaires from China. The Henley and Partners report suggests as many as 13,000 people with assets of at least a million US dollars will look to settle, for some of the year at least, in other countries. Report author Dominic Volek says, a mig- says, says the migrant millionaires are sometimes escaping political and social tensions, but there are some other reasons as well. As people become more financially independent, they do seek uh, sometimes what are considered greener pastures. And so reasons for that might include better, uh, better education for their children, access to health care. Um, and I think in China's case, as I said, a lot of people do still keep their businesses there, but from a lifestyle um, perspective and sometimes, you know, from a tax efficiency perspective, other destinations might be more attractive. Dominic Volek says Singapore and Dubai are popular destinations, and along with China, India and the UK are the source of many migrants. Let's see how our market is starting off the week now. We're joined by Mark Fowler of Hobson Wealth for the latest. Kia ora, Mark. How's the market looking today? Good afternoon, Kim. Actually, the market has opened lower this morning, so the NZX 50 gross index is at 11,908 points, so down about sort of half a percent on the open. And there are a couple of key exceptions to that, though. So channel infrastructure, that's actually up over 4.5%, dropping to 
trading at $1.58. Uh, then we had some offshore interest in their legacy refining assets. Uh, Infratil, also in your earlier story, um, that strategic announcement with Console Connect, they're actually up about 2% this morning, trading at $10.33. And also Circo, the corporate travel management business, that's up 2.5% trading at $4.00. I guess on the other side of the ledger, a couple of key detractors have been Fletcher Building. It's down about 1.5% trading at $5.40. Uh, and we've also got Mercury Energy down 1.5% uh, trading at $6.49. So a bit of a mixed bag. Right. And not long into trading in Australia, but how have they opened? Australian market has uh, opened a bit further than ours. It's actually in positive territory. Uh, the S&P ASX 200 trading at 7,068 points, and that's up about a quarter of a percent. Uh, that's been led higher by the banks and the uh, the miners. So BHP Billiton, that's up about 1% trading at $43.51. And National Australia Bank, that's up also about 1% trading at $25.84. And to our dollar, please. Yeah, sure. So the New Zealand dollar, uh, that continues to sort of hold at 62 cents against the US dollar. Uh, against the Aussie dollar, we're at 92.80. Against the yen, 88.34. Against the sterling, we're at 48.30. And the euro, 56.60, with the New Zealand trade weighted index currently at 71.80. And that leaves interest rates, oil and gold. Yeah, sure. So interest rates, I mean, short-term interest rates remain elevated. So three-month bank bills are trading at 5.73%. Ten-year uh, government debt, so 10-year government bonds, they're trading at 4.85%. Uh, in terms of oil, so West Texas Intermediate, that's trading at US $73.45 a barrel. And finally, gold, spot gold, trading at US dollars 1923 an ounce. Well, kia ora for your time, Mark. That's Mark Fowler of Hobson Wealth. We'll bring you a wrap of the day's business news and numbers uh, around half past five in Checkpoint. For now, Charlotte, that's business.